is not hearing the full story. That is, that those around him aren't providing nuance, aren't suggesting to him the tenuous nature of his position, both internationally and domestically. That was one of the inter- many interesting things that came out of the big threat assessment hearing they had in uh, D.C. yesterday. We believe that Fathead in North Korea is being misled. I don't know why they would do that or self-preservation. I don't know. But it uh, allows for, obviously, uh, uh, a miscalculation of some sort. If, he, if, he, if he's being misled in the direction of he's about to be attacked by the United States yeah. or, or, or who knows what. Well, the explanation for that, where that knowledge came, came from, has got to be triple secret. I mean, sure. I'm highly intrigued, but have no idea. Mike Lyon, CBS military analyst, joins us to talk about some of the testimony before Congress uh, and recent developments uh, all over the world. Mike, welcome. How are you? Hey, guys. Great to be back with you. The world's scary right now. I guess it's always been scary, hasn't it? Yeah, for sure. And that's why we have a Department of Defense. That's why we pay our taxes to keep uh, the government from, uh, you know, stay out in front of these things. But uh, I think we've got some pretty good people at the tip of the spear in all these places. And um, I think we're still winning it. So, you know, things are okay for now. I like to hear that. So what happened with us uh, killing a bunch of Russian soldiers? What's that story? Yeah, that's interesting because this is a a test that Vladimir Putin plays on the U.S. to go after known U.S. troops in this very strategic location on the Syrian border, uh, not recognizing that we have uh, airplanes on station, drones ready to go. And we end up now killing what's his version of Blackwater. Uh, It's a mercenary group that he doesn't have to take any responsibility for. The government doesn't, at least. You won't see Russian soldiers coming back in body bags and, and and the like. Um, but they pretty much uh, got uh, their, their, their butts whooped there uh, along that border by uh, close air support, uh, dozens killed, um, in, in us supporting the Kurds there. Um, and this is about Vladimir Putin trying to get us to get out of there. And it looks like we stood our ground pretty well and sent a pretty strong signal back to the, to the Russian leader that he wasn't going to be able to bully us out of that, that spot. So your judgment is that it wasn't, you know, the little green men reminiscent of the action in the Ukraine where it was claimed they weren't Russian soldiers, but they actually were. You're thinking these are mercenaries, they're contractors. Yeah, little green men are the same, actually. Uh, they take no credit for them. And, and these guys had tanks. They had some pretty heavy equipment that, that they thought was going to be able to win the day there, um, given the fact that we don't have tanks on the ground there. But uh, our third dimension, our Air Force and drones, uh, were able to hit, you know, basically hit all these targets, T-72s. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty sophisticated tank for that part of the world in order to have it supported and all those things that go with it. So this is about the Syrian government also trying to win back a very key terrain part of Syria, knowing it's full of oil resources that also works as a land bridge between them and the Iranians through Iraq. Um, so this is a, a pretty strategic victory, if you can kind of put it that way, against what, again, is a proxy war taking place in Syria right now. And some reports have it at it. Dozens of Russians we killed. Some reports say six or 700. I don't know what the number is. But just to make it clear, these are people you believe are under the orders of, of, of Putin. This was, you know... For sure. He had to approve this attack on U.S. troops, knowing full well that he wanted to see U.S. soldiers killed there uh, and then having our government have to answer for that. And people would, would be surprised. Why are we still in Syria? Why are U.S. troops being killed? That ain't killed? much of a that's... proxy war. <laughs> well, I, no, I was for just... Sure. It's, it's the first direct sense thing we've seen since the Cold War. I was just going to say, what is our strategic interest in denying Assad that chunk of land? He's clearly hung on to Syria. Yeah, I think it's about the Kurds. We, we've got to support this group of people that have been alongside of us in the fight against 
ISIS for the last five or six years, as well as uh, that have helped us in Iraq, uh, trying to carve out a land for them. Uh, I think uh, strategically, again, looking over the horizon, the guys I talked to think that there's going to be a spot here in this desert out in Syria for a Kurdish homeland. It's not going to take place along the border between Iraq and Turkey, where a preponderance of them are. Um, but we're trying to, su- again, support a group of people that have that have been on the side of the U.S. forces for the last 25 years, frankly. Uh, and we've got to do that by uh, at least trying to give them this as some kind of uh, land grab for what's still a very chaotic Middle East. Do you have more on the Russian situation, Jack? I was going to ask Mike Lyons, military analyst, uh, any th- other thoughts about the testimony yesterday by the director of national intelligence talking about uh, threats to the U.S.? We were particularly struck by um, the uh, the clear statement that America is full of Chinese spies coast to coast. I knew that. We've been trying yeah. to tell people that, but that's clearly true. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're you know they download our our intellectual property on the internet every day and. Uh, you know, America's greatest strength is America's greatest weakness, and that is our freedom and our, 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 our inability to protect things that are important, intellectual capital. You see the Russians infiltrating our social media sites and putting in false stories, fake news, as you hear the president speak to it. Um, and it gets, you know, in, in the past, those stories took a long time to be weaponized, but in today's world, they can go around the world um, in, in six or, or 12 hours. I think we've just got to get smarter as a country, recognize what's going on here. They're not hacking the election. They're not going in and changing voting results. They're trying to influence what the what the outcomes could be. They're two separate points. I think the president's not able to discriminate between those two because I think once he tries to, the Democrats will come back and, and, and bring them both back together. His enemies will bring them both back together. I think that's what the issue is there. So on the North Korea stuff, we, we played the clip that, that we believe apparently that Fathead's not getting the, the real story. That's kind of uh, troubling. It, it, you know, I, I think that a lot has to do with the fact that the Chinese still passively, aggressively support what he's doing there. And it's in their best interest to do that as China continues to um, wage this, this underground war, this, again, proxy war with the United States, not using conventional forces. Uh, you know, again, our greatest strength is our military might and nuclear weapons and all those things. But the, this is a war taking place in the Internet. This is a war taking place within innuendo. I think um, that in that, in that particular case, we're trying to get going to use that specific piece of information to try to ratchet up against the world. We still really don't have the world against us when it comes to North Korea. There are still countries that still deal with them um, on a daily basis and, and are supporting what they're doing with their nuclear weapons program. Mike Lyons, a military analyst. Mike, we thank you very much for the time. Always great to talk. Great, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. God, that sort of stuff gets so little attention, and it's a pretty major decision to make that Putin decided he is going to attack, attack U.S. soldiers, and did, and we decided to fight back and say, mm-hmm. no, you're not. Yeah. That's yeah. a pretty big deal. And there are, you know, there are various uh, coalition forces on both sides to kind of muddy the waters a little bit. But, yeah, it was us and our friends against him and his friends in that battle for some godforsaken chunk of Syria. Yeah, we won, and you know, hopefully he'll back off. When, and nobody pays any attention to this. Right, and he has plausible deniability. That's an old Russian thing. That goes back generations and several wars of... <clears throat> there are no honors funerals. There are no big funerals and celebrations of people who die in the field. It's, it's bad for business, bad for publicity. So we'll just uh, bury them quietly. There's going to be no 21-gun salute. We'll just put them in the ground and move along. Marshall's going to have this in his news, but if you work at a university of any size, according to the report yesterday, uh, some of the Chinese uh, people there, 
people from China, they're spies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're spies. You 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 have spies in your class. You have spies as your teachers. You have spies as coworkers. Mm-hmm. Those Confucian institutes that are opening on college campuses across the country and our money-grubbing universities are more than happy to partner with, they are absolutely a den of Chinese intelligence agencies. And, you know, it's funny. I have talked to people in the know in American counterintelligence about this, and I have had described to me scenes where... Uh, perhaps somebody in counterintelligence, maybe even in the FBI, goes to a university president and says, listen, you have a bunch of Chinese academics here who are intelligence agents. And that enlightened university professor has said things like, you racists, how dare you come onto my campus with your racist accusations? And they toss him out. Interesting. Incredibly naive and stupid. What about Chinese takeout? Yeah, the the, the guy riddled with sure. intelligence agents. Absolutely, um, it's deceit, Foo Young. You've got on your plate, <laughs> sir. Huh? Sweet and sour espionage. So we got a text. I can keep going if you want. Yeah, that's, that's I'm probably enough. It. I'm full. Um. So we got this text, Michael. I think you'll know where I'm going here. Any last-minute Valentine's Day ideas? We actually do. It's an Armstrong and Getty classic. We'll have for you coming back with some Valentine's Day gift ideas. Plus, you think uh, getting drunk in a hotel bar and getting your kidneys snatched is bad news? Wait till you hear what this Pakistani gang is actually doing. The whole woke up in a tub of ice with a note said, call a doctor immediately. Did that happen to a friend of yours, too? Happened to a friend of mine. Wow! (laughs) Stay tuned for all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. I apologize, we do not have the last-minute Valentine's Day gift idea. We will have that for you a little bit later. It is an Armstrong and Getty tradition. Um, I was at the CVS yesterday Mm. and uh, getting Valentine's Day cards for my kids' class. And the amount of stuff that that is for grown-ups, the various teddy bears and little things and wow. Who's doing that? I guess. I mean, is it you do it ironically, right? Because they're like four dollars and they look crappy. Some people are not capable of irony, and it has the look of boy, you didn't put any thought into this whatsoever. Right, right. I mean, you're aren't you really better off doing nothing than that? Just just saying, you know, I'm not really into Valentine's Day. I thought you weren't either, or Dep- something. Depends as opposed to- the spirit in which it is offered. My wife uh, offered me something very, very silly as a Valentine's Day gift last night, and it was uh, it was cute and funny and a wink, and it was taken in that spirit. So it worked on that level. Yeah, I'm not sure that's the way they're selling this stuff. Mm. Various posters of a unicorn with a heart on it or something. Oh, Maybe it's for children. That's great. A unicorn with a heart. So these uh, Confucius Institutes are selling something, too. Chinese propaganda and American universities, money grubbers, have, uh, including the University of California, Davis, by the way, um, have, uh, have uh, willingly embraced this uh, infusion of cash and academics, etc., from the Chinese government, the Chinese government, which itself says this is a propaganda wing of the Communist Party. 
And it's absolutely ridiculous. Marco Rubio is talking about it in front of Congress. Do we have that clip? Marshall's doing all that in his news coming okay, up. Okay, excellent. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 a damn good thing. God, we're so naive as a country. But I don't know. We're plucky. We're young. We're optimistic. We don't, you know, we're, we remind me of like a 50s film or some idealistic congressman goes to Washington or some uh, pretty gal from Kansas goes to Hollywood and just... We don't quite understand how ugly things are. My main concern is I meet somebody, I talk to him. The next thing I know, I wake up in a tub full of ice with a note that says "Dial nine one one immediately." Your your kidneys have been harvested, right? Right, because that happens all the time. It does happen all the time. You know, I, I remember way back, way way back, um, before the birth of the talk show. I guess this was in our, our last death throes of music radio, um, where we were doing a talk show between records. Anyway, uh, but uh, we. This was the early days like internet forwards, email forwards, and we start talking about how that's a an urban legend. Nobody is getting mickeyed in, a, in hotel bars and waking up in a tub full of ice with their kidneys uh, harvested. And people were so angry at us because a friend of a friend, it had happened to them. And how dare we minimize their you know pain and blah, blah, blah. But it was always a friend of a friend. That was just it was a really interesting sociological moment for us anyway. But this is on the B on the BBC. Pakistani police have arrested four people accused of stealing spinal fluid from women. And and you're saying this is really happening. This is not an internet rumor. Correct. The suspects told women they had to provide blood samples to qualify for financial assistance from the Punjab government. Police, wow, uh, we we don't do that in America. Why do they why do they well, it's a hoax. Why would you fall for that? Why why do you need to buy blood to get my uh Give me financial assistance. I do they do that in other countries? Well, you know, you know who's preyed upon a lot, Jack, the dumb and naive. Hmm. And uh, I know some very nice people. I care about them very much. Who are who are very naive, and it's just a gene. But anyway, uh, however, instead of taking a blood sample to make sure they were qualified for financial aid, uh, they extracted spinal fluid and sold it on the black market. The gang is thought to have stolen spinal fluid from over 12 women, including a teenager. The authorities became aware after a man noticed his 17-year-old daughter felt weak after a procedure. He thought that was odd since it was a simple blood test. Um, spinal fluid is the transparent liquid found around the brain and spinal cord that protects them from shock and injury. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. There you go. Keep an eye on your fluid. I will. They're coming for it. So, um, are you aware of the controversy that has burbled up over the paintings of the former president and first lady? Are you following that whole story? I followed so, the release of the portraits. This controversy. So you get official portraits painted, and then they hang what in the in the White House? Is that National right? Gallery? Okay. And why do they do the president and their spouse? Uh, Can't imagine for whatever reason we do that. And uh, the picture of Barack Obama. I mean, maybe you saw that he's uh, he's sitting in a chair, looking thoughtful. Like sitting on a stool, looking thoughtful. No right. tie. I believe it's the Open first. Collar. I believe it's the first picture of a president with no tie. Shocking. But Twitter users have noticed something about the portrait of Michelle Obama. Well, first of all, I thought maybe it was about the president's portrait. He's uh, sitting on a chair, or a stool, or something, leaning forward, looking attentive. Open collar again, which is disgusting. Um, in it, like a bed of flowers. 
He appears to be floating in some sort of uh, botanical garden. It's an odd picture, but he likes it. So who am I to tell him he's wrong? <laughs> so there's been a whole, you know, and the fact that there's uh, social media comments on these paintings, well, you know. Social media comments on everything. Yeah, and and uh, and usually negative. No yeah. matter what it is, they have to be very, very negative. But I think they have a pretty decent point here. As a lot of people have said on social media, and we ought to put the picture up so you can see it. Because I hadn't really looked at it. Has anybody noticed that it's a picture of someone else? Yes. It, it doesn't look like her at all. It doesn't look like her at all. Nobody would look at that painting and you said, who is that? And you'd say Michelle Obama. Nope. Nobody. Nope. The other painting? Who's that? You'd say, well, it's Barack Obama. Right. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Michelle Obama, nobody would say that's Michelle Obama. It's uh, it's a painting of someone else. It appears <laughs> to be an elegantly dressed black lady. Uh, who looks completely different her. than Michelle Obama. Yeah. Now, yeah, somebody could even say, is that Michelle Obama? You'd say, no, no, no. So. So what's going on there? Anybody know? It's not a portrait per se. <laughs> well, right. Well, it's not a good one. It's like if I did your portrait, <laughs> that appears to be a human. Well done. <laughs> well, yeah. If we're allowed to have a painting of someone else to represent oh, me, please. I'm going to go with like a 30-year-old Brad Pitt. Oh, do you see? Oh, my God. Brad Pitt. He's a toad compared to the Viking. Did you see that he's um <laughs> this uh, Dutch uh, uh, speed skater dude? Who makes Brad Pitt, the young Brad Pitt, look like uh, a malformed, ugly person? <laughs> wow! I mean, this guy is perhaps the Joe's, prettiest human being Joe's I've getting, ever seen in my life. Joe's getting a little hot for some. No, Olympians. no, he's he, he is the he is the perfect Aryan specimen. And and his model girlfriend's ridiculous, and they pose for pictures and take uh, off their shirts. And, and what's his like, sport? He's a speed skater, hmm. but he's a brand now. He's like a rock star in gotcha. Europe. Yeah. Does he have a name? He seems like the sort of person that would have a one-name name. Well, th- he's Avian. Kind of, His name is Avian. Well, he's known as the Viking. Okay. Well, that's a pretty cool nickname. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Viking. I've uh, never been called the Viking in <laughs> no. all my days. No, I've had some nicknames. Nothing along those lines. <laughs> the Viking. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't. There are some people. It's used to blinding. His girlfriend is blinding and the rest of it. Form a religion around him and get him out of here. I don't want to look at him anymore. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah, you're not making me feel better about myself. Have like 20 kids, though. My God. The Viking. <laughs> Guy apparently doesn't own a shirt. Just walks around shirtless all the time until it's time to speed skate. Then he zips up his onesie and, and goes at it. Yeah, I'm the opposite. <laughs> yeah, please. I, I, I am shirtless for a couple of minutes in the shower. Go to the doctor. Need you to remove your shirt. Mm-mm. I shower in nope. the dark. <laughs> I've unscrewed the bulbs just to be safe. <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, the FBI warning Chinese spies are a whole of society threat to the U.S. A and whole of society threat. And we've got Valentine fun facts that will brighten your day. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Giddy. Awesome. That's good stuff. Um, and I've got some, yeah, a lot of Valentine's Day stuff because this is a very no, important no, day no. on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Some of the tweets about Michelle Obama's portrait. This is a beautiful portrait. It looks very little like Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama is an elegant lady and the portrait looks nice, but clearly the artist drew someone else. For Michelle Obama's portrait, we decided to paint someone else. Huh? <laughs> what, do you, what would you do if somebody painted your portrait and you go to check it out and it's just clearly someone else? That 
doesn't look like me. That is a Caucasian man? Is that a, a uh, legitimate criticism seem, of an artist? Seems like a decent person. You don't understand my art! Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. A uh, warning from FBI Director Christopher Wray at the Senate Intelligence Committee hearing telling lawmakers Chinese spies are spreading throughout the United States as part of what he is calling a whole-of-society threat. Ray telling the senators, including Marco Rubio, Chinese collectors of intelligence are targeting academic institutions throughout the country in cities big and small. Rubio agreeing the threat to the country is huge. I'm not sure in the 240-some-odd-year history of this nation we've ever faced a competitor and potential adversary of this scale, scope, and capacity. Now, the FBI director going on to say the collectors of information in our nation's schools and universities include professors, scientists, and students, and are all part of, quote, China's long-term strategy to eclipse the United States as a world power. Ray explaining are exploiting our open research and development environment and the naivete of U.S. academics who don't recognize the intelligence collectors among them. That is something that you can have something like a university where people are just so enlightened that they just uh, re- refuse to admit that some of their co-workers, some of their students are clearly spies, even though the FBI is saying, are you kidding? Right. They're all they're all over the place. Um, and he said it mostly in math and science, but yeah. every discipline. Right. So it could be anything. And it's part of their, what he called, 100-year marathon to displace the United States as the superpower by mid-century, mm. which ain't that far off. And Ray also confirmed that the FBI is now monitoring Confucius Institutes, a Chinese education program that involves partnerships with American colleges, something Joe Getty has been talking about for a while now. Rubio asked for them all to be shut down in Florida. Yes. Yeah, Western Florida University or University of West Florida, I guess it is, quickly moved to cut ties, which is good. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll come in. We'll give you a whole bunch of money. And we'll help you uh, teach about China and everything. Uh, and the university says, I'm sorry, I didn't hear anything about uh, but except you'll give us a bunch of money. So uh, whatever it is you're offering, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll take it. And then a wing of the Chinese intelligence service and the Chinese, the Communist Party, comes in and spreads propaganda, half-truths in the Chinese point of view, and fans out to collect intelligence. Whether, you know, technical, commercial, or military standard, you know, spook intelligence. These Confucius Institutes are like a, a branch office of the Communist Party government. And the fact that we've rushed to embrace them, we, our academic communities, is disgusting. I thought it was interesting he called it a whole-of-society threat in the way that they're getting into uh, businesses and uh, learning institutions, you know. And um, yeah, you don't want to create an environment, I suppose, where anybody who's Chinese, you think they're a spy. But the FBI director is saying there's lots of Chinese spies everywhere. And, of course, once you graduate from an institute of higher education, then you move out on into the business world, especially sure, if you're good right, in math, yeah, computers, right. anything else like oh, yeah. that. And they've been at this yep. for decades. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. In a case that's being watched by cities throughout the West, this involves a Southern California county that wants to clear out a huge homeless encampment. The federal judge, David O. Carter, hearing arguments about, uh, about the site in Orange County. He's planning on actually do, taking a field trip and going out to this site to look at how bad things are while he's demanding county officials provide him answers to what federal funding is going to be available to feed and temporarily house people if they are moved out. 
this again is a case that's being watched by uh, cities all over the West sure. Coast. It's it's almost like an entitlement program. If you're uh, homeless, you got to get together with a bunch of people and get a camp going. Right. Because once it's there for a certain amount of time, it becomes like an entitlement, permanent. And and to get moved out, they need to provide you somewhere to go. Right. What are you going to do? How are you going to feed and house these people? How do we feed and house them before they all camped out here two months ago? We didn't. Oh, no, you can't do that. Yeah. We need we need to set aside one of the 50 states and just send the homeless there, and they can have a camp. We have. It's California. Oh, boy. But can't we have, like, a camp or a Thunderdome or something where the folks can go and a camp out to their... Dome. That sounds nice. <laughs> camp out to their heart's content. It is. Do you like camping? <laughs> we'll get REI as a sponsor. <laughs> It is a day that we have set aside for love, and we have no. Some... We haven't. All this idiotic <laughs> d- d- drivel about Valentine's Day. Oh, Make it stop. This oh, is a serious talk oh, show. Please, this, please, we are the conscience please. of the nation. Armstrong and Getty, the conscience of the nation. A man with a heart of coal. Yeah. So we, please, we have three. <laughs> it's what are y'all? Twelve years oh, old. Come we on, have three no. married men and three men who are currently dating. Indeed. And so it's it's got a different vibe. But I I have said for years. I'm liking talking up Valentine's Day. I was hoping I could get to the point that Joe snapped, and I think I got there. <laughs> you but, win. But, uh, I didn't I, think it was going to happen until 8, 8 o'clock. Right, I owe you right. 20 bucks. Uh, I have said yeah. for years my own just anecdotal evidence of observation yes. that there is an inverse relationship between successful couples and how, and how seriously they take Valentine's Day. And people who take Valentine's Day very seriously, in generally, do not work out. <laughs> right. and, and people who are like, you know, whatever tend to be married for decades and decades. That's just been my observation. There are exceptions. Sure, of course there are. But in, in general... It's like a five, five-legged calf, though. <laughs> I mean, they're yeah. rare. All right, so we do have some Valentine's Day fun facts for you. And I want to go into this retail... Didn't not- Valentine get tortured to death by a totalitarian <laughs> regime? That is Spe- a fun fact. Yeah, speaking <laughs> speaking <laughs> of China... Fun facts. Retail Me Not has found dinner out is now the most popular among the top five things people ask for on Valentine's Day. This is the best example of uh, creating a need, right? Right. It's, in, it's in, a cultural compulsion right. that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No. I mean, because you're going to be miserable. It's crowded. The waiters are harried and angry. <laughs> the whole Valentine's Day thing is completely driven top down from people trying to convince you so they can sell you something. Sure. Yeah. Meanwhile, USA Today has found 52% of Americans are likely to buy a box of chocolates for themselves this Valentine's Day. My wife does like the chocolates. Yep. I'll and, probably get her a box of chocolates. And a survey also found 23% of singles will treat themselves to a dinner out. So if you're a single, go God, ahead and treat you go, yourself. If you go out to eat on Valentine's Day, you're crazy. You're just crazy. And I can't hurt the restaurant industry because they're all full. Sean can tell me that. There's not a, there's not a place to eat anywhere, is there? No, I tried no, about a full. week out, and they were like, no, you stupid idiot. We're booked and clicked. Wow. wow. Is that people who like to do that every year, or yeah. is it all people who are doing it for the first time and then never again? Because I did it, it one be. time, and it was just unbelievable. <laughs> well, now, You can't park, you can't drive, right? you can't get in, you can't get service. Now a number of fast food places are offering Valentine's Day specials and inviting you and your sweetie to come on down, come on in, come on and drive. Yeah. Know, maybe, the there, maybe there was a backlash, and then this is the, uh, yeah. I don't know, the comeback. Oh, you know what I was going to try? Of course What's not, that? according to Positive Sean. Yes? Maybe I'll treat myself for Valentine's Day. I'll do this today, because my local McDonald's, like a lot of them now, has the call ahead, and they got the special spaces you pull in, and they bring Ooh, the food out to oh, you. Oh, yeah. I'm going to try that today. Wow. Be treated like a king. 
at McDonald's there as they go. bring my really, really not good for you food out to me and hand it to me in the car. So I don't even have to walk into the place. Right. And, and burn a calorie or something. Right, exactly. <laughs> Accidentally burn a calorie. Uh, you know, in fact, uh, I, I don't even want to reach out of my window. Can you reach in and put the bag next to me? If I give you $10, will you just stick it in my face? Yeah. So I can chew. I'm going to sit here with my mouth open. You put the food in my mouth. That's your Valentine's Day update. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. There you go. And you want me to say the conscience of America? Yes, we yes, know. Armstrong and Getty, the conscience of the nation. Of the nation. That's right. That's or what our... do you like, the conscience of America or the conscience of the nation? I, I like, like conscience of the nation yeah. because it spells con. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Uh, oh, boy. All right, what next? Romance. Oh, Obviously, you can't get away from the romance today. Yeah, I got some stuff on Michael Flynn. Got some, how about this? It's all a measure of your love is what it is. An actual professional figure skater addressing the question of spinning around and whether it makes you dizzy. Uh, we, you know, we could do bonus mailbag. We got outstanding email in the last day or so. Yeah, there's a lot of Olympic events that just playing the getting dizzy part would be uh, what does me in. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty at Yahoo.com if you ever want to email us. For the conscience of a nation, the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Briefly explain to me what this is we're about to hear, Sean. So this is uh, Liam Neeson, uh, noted action film star, throat puncher, kneecapper, extraordinaire Liam Neeson, auditioning for the role of Cupid. I'm going to shoot this arrow right into your heart. No matter where you go or where you hide, love will find you. Love is patient like a trained assassin. That's good. I think maybe you're coming across a little intimidating. If you don't mind me saying, I think what I'm doing is right. I mean, just listen to the classic Sam Cooke song. Cupid's draw back your bow, let your arrow go straight to my lover's heart. That's a kill shot, pal. You bleed out in 10 seconds. <laughs> bleed out in 10 seconds. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is pretty funny. That is pretty funny on this, the most romantic of all days. So, uh, listen here, got this note I really enjoyed from uh, Dave. I was talking yesterday about how the downhill skiers and slalomers and the rest of it would get all psyched up to plunge down the hill at 80 miles per hour and nearly die, and then they would be told, nope, not today, there's too much wind, and they have to go home, and how that's got to be tough. Well, Dave responded, so an athlete gets mad when his, or her, I guess they let girls play too, has to delay the event. I used to serve high-risk search warrants. All the prep and intel review and having to psych yourself up and focus on hopefully not yours or anybody else's last day of her on Earth. Only to learn the target fellow is already in jail or moved on or some other let down. And don't get me started on high-speed car chases. And this is me whining when there are people who actually go to war. All right, enough perspective. Get on with your candy crushes and cold-weather sporting contests. I'll be in my basement muttering at Fox News. (laughs) Oh, Dave, that is so (laughs) well-crafted. Nice self-righteous lecture followed by ironic 
Uh, self-undermining. That was beautiful. Well done, sir. How did our women's hockey team do against the four-time gold medal-winning Canadian women's hockey team? Oh, is that this morning? I thought it was uh, yesterday or overnight or now, something. No, we beat the Ruskies yesterday. The Olympic athletes from Russia, because we can't call them Russians. So we cleverly came up with that name instead. <laughs> I don't know. When, when do we play the Canuckers? Sean, Sean's Somebody Googling check. that. Is that right there? He shoots, he shoots, guys! Oh. Uh, here is she. Uh, the future yeah. isn't silver. So oh, hey, stop that, you. Um, yeah, the United States uh, crushed the Olympic athletes of Russia yesterday. They have yet to play the, the Canadians. Okay, cool. America's hat, please. Ha- I've got a list of how many calories you burn on the various sports. Before I get to that, how about this story? Yesterday, one of our Olympic figure skater dudes talked about the... Uh, he opened up. Everything's either leaked, revealed... Or opened up in the modern world. Uh, he opened up about body image issues that plague men's figure skating. Ah, yes. Apparently, there's a tremendous amount of pressure to be thin. Well, you certainly no. don't want to be portly. Yeah, that'd just look funny. Or, anyway, or am I part of the uh, the problem? He's been living on a daily diet of three slices of bread. Three? Hog. Yeah, the, there, the North Korean skaters saying, what? <laughs> what? Three slices? What is it, Christmas? <laughs> three slices? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there an SNL skit where Chris Farley was a figure oh, skater? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Wow. The pressure to fit in those pants. I mean, you know, you got to be slender to wear those pants. Yeah, I guess. Three slices of bread a day. How would you even stay upright? I would I, think you'd pass out well, after yeah. like two days. Yeah, how many how how few calories do you have to take in to stay thin there? Figure skating doesn't actually burn that many calories. Per routine, you'll burn somewhere between 1800 and 3000 calories. It's toward the bottom along with ski jumping, which burns about 3 1300 calories well, also. Oh yeah, but that that figure you gave, you do a single routine that's more than most people eat in a day. Sure. I mean, that's that's plenty. better than doing nothing, but it's nothing compared to some of these other sports, Joe. I may start figure skating as my workout. Uh, alpine skiing, you'll burn 4,000 calories just just letting gravity take you down the mountain. I wonder if that's, because uh, you're not you're not doing that much cardiovascularly. What's burning the calories? Is it just the fear? Just, no, the, your your legs you just the burn. up and down. Oh, yeah, my God, you have to have steel bands for legs. I mean, you aren't doing the back and forth and all that sort of stuff. Well, the, most of these other sports... A lot of it's are, core strength, staying upright and well, burn yeah, a lot of right, calories. Exactly. It's, 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 yeah, controlling yourself in the turns and the rest of it. I, my God, man, it's incredibly strenuous. Because um, the other stuff's pretty obvious, like speed skating, uh, alpine skiing, Nordic combined, that sort of stuff. But the number one by far, and this is no surprise to anyone... They, they make these sort of exercise machines that you yes. can put in your house and yeah. hang clothes on until you decide to finally give it to a goodwill, like I did. Uh, cross-country skiing, you mm-hmm. burn about 7,000 calories per event. Wow. 7,000 calories. Wow. That's a lot. Every time you do your event, you could eat a lot. Little figure skaters, sorry, you're going to have to eat your three slices of bread if you want to look fit in those... Neil Diamond pants. Right. You win a gold, maybe we'll throw you an extra crust. (laughs) But not the middle part. Yeah. (laughs) We don't want you all big and fat. I've never never seen a fat figure skater. Are you... They not allowed, or maybe it just doesn't work for well, the spinning. Tremendous pressure. I don't know. I look up at the news every day. You got people with the hollowed out cheeks and the jutting jawline. They're obviously razor thin, rail thin, um, and they've chosen that lifestyle too. So go ahead. 
I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> I mean, my heart's not breaking for you. But although, I don't know, if, if, if there's like, you know, brutal psychological torture, if a figure skater gets Zoftig, can still do the quadruple Lutz and the camel toe and the rest of it, the, whatever those maneuvers are called. <laughs> I, I don't think that's what it is. Well, right, but I don't think whatever that's what it is. Called. I'm not an expert. Uh, but if you could still do the moves, then who cares if you got a little spare tire? <laughs> you know what you do? You dress up like Elvis. Jumpsuit, spangly, that'd fit or right wear in. Wear kind of a loose-fitting, uh, you know, pirate shirt, poofy shirt. Right. Speaking of which, who's who's the uh, little fellow who does the uh, color commentary? Uh, commentary on the figure skating with the hair on the side of his head. Johnny Weir, I believe, is yeah, his name. Yeah, he uh, he he went everything but trans last night. I mean, he was in a spangly frock, a lot of makeup. His he uh, I just, does he hmm, well, he can do whatever he wants, but. That was as close to cross-dressing as I've ever seen on a network to just decide sports to, broadcast. To just deciding to dress like a woman? Yeah, I mean, he, he was everything but the wig. Huh. Maybe he's making that transition during the two-week telecast. Well, have at it, dude. Yeah. 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 So you said you get heard from somebody on how you can spin so much and not pass out, among other things? Well, kind of, sort of, yeah, what that experience is like, yeah. Some okay. bonus mailbag on a number of subjects, from that to the Susan Rice weird written-to-herself email and much more. And nobody's nailed that down yet. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.